all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. For MPB. From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Chief of Development and Behavioral Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Today we'll be talking about co-parenting. Whether married or divorced, co-parenting can be difficult. Then throw in different parenting styles and it becomes even more challenging. Do you think to be good parents, your parenting style should be the same, or might there be benefits from differing styles? Let's talk about what's going on in your life today. Share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Lakshmi Singh. President Obama will soon get an up-close look at the massive flood recovery operation in southern Louisiana. NPR's Scott Horsley has details. The White House announced this trip on Friday, shortly after Donald Trump paid a visit to the flood zone. Louisiana's Democratic governor later said Trump's appearance was helpful in calling attention to the flood damage. White House spokesman Josh Ernest says Obama's eager to get a first-hand look at the situation, but was also cautious, not wanting his visit to pull resources away from the recovery effort. What the president's been focused on is the response on the ground and the people whose lives in Louisiana have been turned upside down by this terrible flooding event. Many of the victims in Louisiana are not insured for flood damage. More than 100,000 have already applied for federal disaster aid. Scott Horsley, NPR News, the White House. Mosquitoes spreading the Zika virus are the immediate threats confronting authorities in southern Florida. Governor Rick Scott is directing $5 million in additional funding to the Miami area, whereas NPR's Greg Allen reports 37 cases of local Zika transmission have emerged in two neighborhoods. There are thousands of Americans who contracted Zika while traveling abroad, but so far Florida is the only state where mosquitoes are known to be spreading the disease. Last week, health officials identified five cases of locally transmitted Zika on Miami Beach. That announcement raised concerns among business and political leaders about the impact the disease may have on tourism and Miami's economy. At a roundtable with Florida Governor Rick Scott yesterday, business leaders in Wynwood said maps designating their neighborhood as a hot zone have been devastating, with business down 50 to 60 percent. Scott said the additional money allocated will help Miami-Dade County with mosquito control and educational outreach. Greg Allen, NPR News, Miami. An American soldier has been killed in Afghanistan. The U.S. military says the service members' patrol was conducting support operations near Lashkargar in Helmand province today when it triggered an improvised explosive device. Seven other Allied soldiers, an American and six Afghan troops, were hurt. 
The Associated Press is reporting that in WikiLeaks' stated quest to promote government transparency and accountability by exposing secrets, it has actually violated the privacy of hundreds of people. The AP says its analysis uncovered collateral damage that includes sex abuse survivors, individuals with mental illness, and sick children. The media organization says that in the past year alone, WikiLeaks has published medical files belonging to scores of ordinary citizens. It highlights two cases in which the Associated Press reports WikiLeaks named teenage rape victims. The AP says it has repeatedly attempted to reach WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange for comment but has been unsuccessful. However, it says WikiLeaks tweeted a response in which it calls the privacy allegations recycled and, quote, not worth a headline. At last check on Wall Street, the Dow was up 24 points at 18,553. This is NPR News. Lawmakers on the Senate Judiciary Committee are asking questions about recent large increases in the price of an EpiPen, an injection many people use to head off life-threatening allergic reactions. NPR's Allison Kojak reports that it's part of ongoing Senate inquiries into the high costs of prescription drugs. The EpiPen is a long plastic tube that automatically injects a dose of the drug epinephrine into a person's thigh to stop an allergic reaction. People with life-threatening allergies often carry them everywhere. Myelin Pharmaceuticals bought rights to the EpiPen in 2008 and has since boosted the price from $100 to $500. Now, Senator Chuck Grassley is asking Myelin to explain. And Senator Amy Klobuchar wants the Federal Trade Commission to investigate whether the price hikes violate antitrust laws. Other senators are also questioning the rising costs. It's the latest in a series of congressional investigations into high drug prices. Allison Kojak, NPR News, Washington. McDonald's reportedly is recalling millions of fitness bands that had been given away in Happy Meals because they may cause skin irritation or burns to children. The Consumer Product Safety Commission says McDonald's received more than 70 reports of incidents after children wore the Step It Fitness bands. More than 2,400 people along California's central coast are under evacuation orders. A 58-square-mile fire in two counties is spreading. Local authorities say dozens of structures, most of them homes, have been destroyed. I'm Lakshmi Singh, NPR News in Washington. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Visiting Angels, professional caregivers assisting adults in bathing, dressing, meals, and lighthouse work nationwide. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Office locations are at visitingangels.com. Catch up on past episodes and hear any of the MPB programs you've missed on the MPB Public Radio app. Available on iTunes and Google Play. Listen live to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. Search MPB Public Radio. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm Terry Gross. Listen to Fresh Air weekdays at 3 on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Relatively Speaking, part of the all-new Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to family at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Good morning. 
This is Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, um, Chief of Development and Behavioral Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. This morning, we're talking about co-parenting and what can happen when you have conflicting parenting styles. So whether you're married or divorced, often co-parenting can be very difficult. And then if you throw in those different parenting styles, it can become even more challenging. So my question to you today is, do you think to be good co-parents, your parenting style should be similar? Or do you think there might be benefits from different parenting styles? And as we talk through this topic, I I really want you to think about um, how you developed your parenting style, how you were parented, whether or not, even if you're not a parent now, if um, you have observed others, do you feel like that in general, we do a good job here? In the U.S., as far as parenting, do you think we have a long way to go? Uh, What do you think are some of the problems and the challenges that we face? I've... um I have to say, um, I have done quite a bit of uh, traveling over the last uh, several weeks. I've been uh, out of the country twice, once to Ireland for pleasure and another to Vancouver for for business. And, And I spent, obviously, then a lot of time in airports watching. I do a lot of observing when I'm there because I just find people watching so interesting. And, um, gosh, to watch how parents parent, of course, it's a bit distorted when you're traveling and trying to manage things when you're traveling with the little ones or even older ones. But uh, very interesting watching uh, parents uh, in an airport and what's going on. And, of course, I do that for a living Um, in my office. Often a big part of our evaluations is observation and what's going on with parent-child interaction and the way parents deal with their children. So um, as I was watching, one thing that, we've talked about over and over again on this show is the media consumption. I walked into my gate um, in my three stops yesterday coming home from Vancouver, and um, at one gate, every person, every single person, man, woman, child, old and young, all were looking at their phones. All had an electronic device in front of them. A couple of the younger ones had iPads watching videos. Nobody was looking at each other. thought that was interesting. Um, You've probably heard me talk about the data in the past, if you listened, about the sleep show that often uh, parents, upwards of 50 to 60 percent of parents of young children use an electronic device to put their child to sleep. So different parenting style than before. Now, we're not just talking about electronic media. I'd want to talk about just some of the different styles that we have in the way we parent. 
And so this isn't just about married couples. This is about divorced couples or step parents or in whatever way you parent. You might be a grandparent who has had to do some parenting for grandchildren or an aunt or an uncle who may be participating in helping to parent a child that is in your extended family. So what do you think about the different parenting styles? So as we um, step through this, the first thing I want to mention is one of those great challenges. Um, so as I was talking to Sam, good morning, Sam, by the way. Good morning, Susan. I'm How are you? Sorry, I'm doing great. And as I was talking to Sam, he said, well, I'm not sure if I have much to offer on this topic. <laughs> I've only been parented. I've never been a parent. But you know what? I think having been parented, it's it's a good thought. Now, you may in the future have children of your own. Maybe, maybe not. My I mom listening to this will be praying that the answer is yes. <laughs> but my question to you and, and to our listening audience is, is how much do you think you know about parenting right now? Um, you were a kid. You just said you were parented. And so do you think you learned some stuff about what to do or maybe what not to do? Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely think um, I, I would like to think my parents did a good job. Now, people that interact with me on a daily basis, my wife, uh, namely, number one, I, <laughs> I would assume that uh, my uh, I think she thinks I should put more things in the dishwasher and all that stuff. Uh quicker than I didn't than I usually do but I don't think that has anything to do with reflecting on my parents <laughs> no, me no, it's, I think it might be but uh, yeah I, mean, I think I've learned uh, I learned a lot of stuff from my parents for sure and my sister has two has two children we uh, my wife and I kept my eight-year-old niece a couple of weeks ago and that was tiring yeah for like four hours and I can't imagine like an entire life entire lifetime of that. Right. It's not easy. And you just mentioned one of the points that I think we need to talk about as we're talking about parenting challenges and that co-parenting challenges. There's sort of three or four hallmarks you need to remember about parenting. Um, The first one is that it's complex. You involve different personalities who come into the mix with different values and experiences, and we tend to learn to parent the way we were parented. I know you've heard me say this over and over again, but it's the truth. Unless you decide consciously to change a pattern of the way you were parented, you will continue to do basically what was done to you. Now, there are some people who make conscious efforts um, about changing because they think what was done to them was not the right way to parent. And we'll talk about that as we move along. But one of the first challenges is just your different personalities. Nobody gave you a rule book on how to do it, typically. And so you do what you saw. Okay. Secondly, it has longevity. Sam, you just mentioned that. It's it's forever. I mean, not forever and ever. You don't keep telling your kids, hopefully, what to do when they're 30. <laughs> <laughs> they probably do. They do. Mine do. I just don't know if I listen as, I don't listen oh, as much as I did back when I was like 
10. Yeah, Actually, yeah. I probably listen more now than I did when I was 10. Oh, I, I, I will tell you. You know, I have five grown children, and, and every now and then I try to inject my thoughts on what they should do, and every now and then they listen, and every now and then they don't, and that's what should happen. They should be able to make their own judgment after after they're grown. But for 18 to 21 Long years, long years, many times, um, you are trying to do a good job. So they require long-term attention. So that's the second thing. Thirdly, you you add a third person into a relationship that you have. So you have this dyad of, of husband and wife or... Um, significant other in the relationship and then in comes this other being whether they're uh, brought in as a toddler that you adopted or brought in as a newborn they come into your life and change change the situation and so all of a sudden you have three different people to deal with and and then you feel a lot of responsibility where your children are concerned. And so often as a parent or a co-parent or um, a step-parent, you feel very passionate about what you've decided is the right or, or not right thing to do. So you've got a lot of emotion in there. So you've got a lot of investment and therefore a lot of emotion. So how do you deal deal with that? So... Um, what do you think um, about the stereotypical differences that we often think about in a man and a woman's parenting style? Sam, if I asked you, what would you expect would be the typical most important thing to a man? Would it be that discipline, listen to me, follow direction? Or would it be self-esteem and self-worth? I would assume it would be, at least from my personal parent, parent being parented experience, uh, dad was more of the uh, the disciplinarian, I guess. Yeah. It was more of a, uh, not wait till he gets home, but... Well, pretty much. Wait till he gets. <laughs> wait till he yeah. gets home. Yeah, and and that is sort of the stereotypical view that we have. And and maybe though I haven't seen a good study on this, maybe it is more typical of the man to be the more strict disciplinarian, and the woman um, to be the one who's a little softer and and more giving. But not always, and certainly in in my practice. Over the years, I've observed where there was a complete opposite um, effect, where the dad wanted to be the good guy. He felt like that he wasn't there very often. And so when he came home, kids got what they wanted. And mom, on the other hand, was the more strict disciplinarian who was less likely to give and, and less likely to be as concerned about what the child's opinion might be about their roles and regulations. So um, a lot of times, I think we we tend to have a, a view of the way things should be. And if you come in to a relationship and then bring a child into that relationship and you you expect that the man's going to be the disciplinarian and the woman is going to be the softer touch and the man is not the disciplinarian, then what? 
then what do you do? Or if you have um, parents of same sex, then what do you do? Who takes charge and is that needed? So as we talk through, I think we'll go to our first break. I want you um, to think about what kind of conflicting parenting style did you grow up in or did you? Did you feel like that it gave you some diversity in in styles? Was there any benefit of that? Uh, do you plan to parent as you were parented or do you think that was not correct? And do you think both uh, parents need to be strong disciplinarians? I'd like to hear from our listening audience about conflicting parenting styles, co-parenting. What do you think about it? And and what would you recommend? What kind of mistakes do you think maybe you made? And how would you like to rectify that? Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven. 672-7464, or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. We're talking about conflicting parenting styles, and we'll be right back. My son turned 10 just the other day. He said, thanks for the ball, Dad. Come on, let's play. Can you teach me to throw? I said, not today. I got a lot to do. He said, that's so. I am Jason Klein. This week on Fix It 101, David Ray Sales of D-Ray's Plumbing, Heating, and AC will be on to talk about your plumbing. He'll be here to answer all your questions about whether it leaks, is clogged up, won't drain, rusted out, or even trying to move some plumbing. Of course, Dell Moore of Affordable Solutions 601 will be here, and Jeff Sammons of Houseworks. Join us for Plumbing Day here on Fix It 101, tomorrow morning at 9 on MPB Think Radio. It's been a rough summer for Donald Trump supporters. Their candidate is behind in the polls. He picked a fight with the Gold Star family, and he has struggled to unify the party. In Pennsylvania, some Trump supporters are grappling with all of that, including the CEO of a small paper mill. That's not my style. That's not most people's style. That's why we turn our nose a little bit sometimes. Later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. Well, the conventions are over. Candidates have been nominated. With less than three months to Election Day, we don't know what's going to happen between now and then. But whatever it is, we'll be here to help you understand it. Listen every day. Weekdays at 4 on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. You're listening to Relatively Speaking, part of the all-new Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to family at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we are talking about conflicting parenting styles, co-parenting, how you were raised, whether you would do it the same or would you do it differently, um, some of the mistakes perhaps you made or you think others made with you, and how that can be rectified, and whether or not you think parenting styles, it's okay to be a little bit different in the same family. Um, 
So, want to hear from you? Give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline dot org. Liz Gill, our call screener, right now mentioned something that I, I think is a great point. Uh, I think she uh, she who is just, I don't know if you happen to know Liz or not, but she's an incredibly kind and wonderful person. But she mentioned that she was so grateful that she had her husband in the mix to help her out with her her children because of the fact that every now and then she just had such difficulty dealing with it that... Um, I know you didn't mean this, Liz, but you just might have even thrown them off a bridge if you didn't have somebody else to turn to. And so you created, you didn't mean that. Um, but no, she'd never do that. She would never do no. that. But she, she and her husband tag teamed. And I think that is such a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. When you get overdone and outdone, then you turn it over perhaps, to whoever else is helping you raise that child. And hopefully there is some help. I know it's much more difficult for single parents, and it amazes me how well some single parents do it. But tag team parenting is a great, great concept. And um, for those of you who haven't used it, um, think about this. So if you um, have been there all day, Uh, taking care of the child, or if you haven't, if you've come home and you've brought the child home from child care and there you are, um, things aren't going well, you've uh, you've made a rule that's not being followed, you keep going back and forth with the child, you're having difficulty, Um, then if you feel like you're not making your point, it is okay if you're at the end of your rope to say, tag your it, step back, and let the other parent take over. And if they do, then you have to really step back and let them finish what you started. Um, that way, it gives you a break, it empowers them, and it lets the child know that you trust the other parent to do what needs to be done. So I think that's tag team parenting is a great great thing and I I hope all of you will think about it and remember that so with that um, as we move through the show I do want to talk a little bit more about why differing parenting styles develop and we'll get to that in a minute but I want to go to our first caller we have Lisa on the road good morning Lisa good morning thanks for calling You have a comment about something I just mentioned, about being raised by a single mother. Talk to us about that. Well, I am a a 45-year-old woman. I also happen to be an automotive technician. I'm a mechanic. Wow. And um, it uh, has a lot to do with how my mother raised me. She Uh. raised me to be very independent, um, very self-reliant, because she was. She raised two daughters all by herself. Um, never really any male figure in the home. So, Lisa, how did she raise you to be independent? How did how did she do that? Often, when we had problems, um, whether it be at school or even you know something as simple as homework, she would often try and have a figure it out on our own first. Mm-hmm. And if we, you know, if we you know, asked a couple places, tried a couple of things, and that didn't quite work, 
then mama would step in. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And so she was really good about that. And I, I, I thank her every day for making me who I am. Um, I've never had to rely on anybody. I, I guess um, my sister one time said, I'm the survivor in the family. Mm. Um, the That's... one thing she didn't do that hurt me a lot and was something that created a lot of the mistakes I made in my life mm-hmm. was trying to please my mother because she never really said how proud she was of me. Hmm. Ever, I can count twice that I remember my mom saying I was that she was proud of me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I graduated high school after practically failing like the first year, year and a half of school, and school let out on Friday, and I finished all my credits on Wednesday and was so excited that I graduated two days early and I did it. She goes, "I thought you'd never do it." Hmm. <laughs> Pardon me, I'm getting a little emotional, but uh, you know, I hear you, Lisa. Yeah, and it was like, really? Yeah. But on that same note, I went to college and I never told her. I never told her, and I went to college for auto auto repair with a uh, a big manufacturer, General Motors. Yeah. I have a four point oh GPA for both years, and then I handed her my graduation announcement. She looked at me. She goes, "What's this?" I said, it's my graduation announcement, Mom. And she goes, but you've already graduated high school. I said, no, this is for college. And I blew her mind. Wow. And she said she was proud of me. The only other time was when I graduated boot camp. So graduating college and graduating boot camp were the only times that my mother said she was proud of me. And I'm sorry, no child should ever have to wait 19 years or 26 years to hear your mom or your dad say, that you're, they're proud of you. I mean, I yeah. knew my mom loved me. Yeah. I knew she did, but she never said she was proud of me. So I, with my children, make it a point every day, no matter how simple it is, you know. Yeah. Oh, my little girl cleaned up her room. Hey, sweetie pie, I am so proud of you. Today you cleaned up your room, and I didn't have to tell you. Simplest little thing. Perfect. And I made a lot of mistakes down the road because yeah. I made some horrible mistakes trying to do things that my, I thought my mom would be proud of. Yeah. Lisa. I get that pleasure. Wow. Lisa, you have brought up so many excellent points that we, we need to address. First, first of all, a single parent job is so hard. It's so difficult. And I wonder if perhaps your mother, just to give you a little bit of insight in this, felt like she had to raise you tough to be tough so that that you would not be relying on anyone. And so she felt like she had to be that tough guy, um, the, the, the man-woman image that I think so many times single parents feel trapped as needing to be the mother and the father both. And so perhaps she was so intent on making you tough and, and making you work for whatever you got that was – the problem-solving thing you mentioned early on. Um, 
Perhaps she just missed out on that that praise factor because she was so caught up in the business of of raising you. So you did learn. Um, I mean, congratulations, first of all, on all your incredible success. And you did something that I think so many times we don't do is use use what your parent taught you the good part, but tweak it, tweak it to something even better. And it sounds like that's what you've done. Now, idle praise that just comes even when you don't deserve praise is something you shouldn't give. But you just mentioned the way you give the praise to your daughter. I'm so proud of you cleaning up your room without me having to ask. You didn't say you did the best job in the world. You did not say you're the smartest child in the world. You just said, I'm proud of you for completing a task. So those were all great things that you did. So Lisa, I hope I hope you'll forgive your mother for the the lack of imparting praise on you. Clearly it, it a good praise and appropriately placed praise can be such a positive reinforcer and so good for your self-esteem, but it sounds like yeah, you managed through it all um, very well and, and and boy, I I don't know that I know many female auto mechanics. I'm really impressed. I, I wish I knew more. I grew up in that more stereotypical home where um, women didn't learn that thing. And certainly, um, I believe it was my husband who finally taught me how to change the oil to my car, and I still don't know how. But um, Lisa, thanks for your call. That's a, a great story, and sounds like you're a wonderful mother. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I just hope that my experiences can help somebody else out there, because like I said, it really was very difficult growing up without my mother's praise. Yeah. I bet you just help several people out there. Thank you. You know, even praise in the workplace makes a huge difference, and so um, whether you're imparting praise as a parent or imparting praise on uh, on someone that you employ, remember that. That is so important and perhaps something we should talk about more on another show. Well, let's go to our next caller, James, um, in South Mississippi. James, you have uh, some, co- some comments about parenting? Yes. I'm not a parent. That's okay. I called for other opinions. Tell us about your thoughts. My mother was a single parent of three children in the 60s. Another tough job. When there weren't any, well, all these help nets out there, you know, for people. Uh, I've seen her work two jobs, okay? Yeah. And my grandfather taught me how to plant a garden. Uh Uh-huh. Great skill. How to hunt. Uh, There were no Walmarts. If you ask a child or a young person today, well, where do you get food? Walmarts. Mm. Got news for you. If Walmarts runs out of food, then what happens? Right. So your grandfather taught you how to be self-sustaining. Very, very excellent. And, you know, you're bringing up a point with your your grandfather being a participant in the the parenting. Um, Many times uh, you don't in single parent families. um, Many times there are other people who help participate and help help raise and can make a big difference in a child's life. So. James, it sounded like um, your your grandfather was helping out there. 
Yes, he was. So your your thought is that perhaps having an extension of parenting besides um, that single parent from another relative or friend of the family or something can make a big difference in your life, right? I have, I yeah. have three great nephews, okay? Mm-hmm. And I pay them money to help me plant my garden. I don't need them, but I I pay them money to plant my, help me plant my garden. That uh, way they will know how to plant a garden. Right. Well, they can watch you and model after you, and hopefully, like I did from my grandparents, learn um, our aunts and uncles like you to to learn the love of the land and 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 how that can help you be somewhat self-sustaining so thanks for that call james i think that you pointed out another uh, great thing that we need to do as as parents so we're talking about co-parenting conflicting parenting styles or just parenting styles and whether or not you feel like you were raised as you would like to raise your children or perhaps were there some mistakes made that you would like to correct i'd like to hear from you uh give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven 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 six seven two seven four six four, or you can send us an email to family at mpbonline.org. We have open lines. Give us a call about your thoughts on parenting styles. Should children be um, seen and not heard? Or should children be allowed to voice their feelings about what's expected of them? This is Relatively Speaking. We'll be right back. We look for love, no time for tears. Wasted water's all that is. The conventions are over, candidates have been nominated, and with less than three months to Election Day. You don't know what's going to happen between now and then, but we'll be here to help you understand it. Listen every day. Weekdays at 4 on MPB Think Radio. Catch up on past episodes and hear any of the MPB programs you've missed on the MPB Public Radio app. Available on iTunes and Google Play. Listen live to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. Search MPB Public Radio. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Your favorite MPB Think Radio shows are now available on your favorite podcast app. So open that app and subscribe to any local program you love, like Everyday Tech. Android does have the most delicious operating system, I find. Jelly, jelly beans. The Gestalt Gardener. What's up? What you got going on? And of course, MPB's Season Pass with myself, Sam Wells, and Jay White. That's my guys, man. So what are you waiting for? Go search and subscribe today. I am Jason Klein. This week on Fix It 101, David Ray Sales of D-Ray's Plumbing, Heating, and AC will be on to talk about your plumbing. He'll be here to answer all your questions about whether it leaks, is clogged up, won't drain, rusted out, or even trying to move some plumbing. Of course, Dell Moore of Affordable Solutions 601 will be here, and Jeff Simmons of Houseworks. Join us for Plumbing Day here on Fix It 101, tomorrow morning at 9 on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. You're listening to Relatively Speaking, part of the all-new Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. 
That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to family at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. We're talking about conflicting parenting styles, co-parenting, whether or not the styles need to be the same or different. Do you think any mistakes were made with you? And have you corrected them if you are a parent now? Or do you think that um, it might be that now you better understand why your parents the way parented the way they did and we heard from Lisa earlier who who talked about the fact that she grew up with a single parent and and had some um difficulties in that she did not receive the praise that she had wished though she felt like she was taught great independence so some good some good stuff in the parenting maybe some some um, mistakes there that she's working to rectify. So um, we also had a caller who couldn't stay on the line, and he said that he was a product of a mixed marriage, and I'm not sure what that meant, whether it was blended or racially mixed, but grew up um, in a marriage with five kids, um, uh, he was one of five, and he said growing up, he, he wanted to be better than his parents, and he thought he could do better. But he said now that he's a parent, he hopes to be half as good as they were in their job of raising children. So I I think that's um, a lot of good insight. It tells me that sometimes we as kids think, golly, this is ridiculous. And, and then as you become an adult, you develop a little bit better insight as to why things were done as they were. So... Let's go to our next caller. We have Rob in Cleveland. Rob, good morning. Thanks for calling. You're welcome. Good morning to you, too. Um, you are raising your grandson. Uh, yes. And uh, he, uh, he, he's he been quite a joy to us and everything. And uh, as a matter of fact, if this happens, we're going to be coming down to Jackson later this afternoon uh, for him to go to the uh, medical center down there for an evaluation. Oh wow! And uh, you know, it's, but he's been uh, he's been super good. But uh, his mother uh, passed away. Uh, this is the beginning of the third year of cancer. Oh and, wow! Uh, yeah. Uh, she. I'm so yeah. sorry, Rob. Oh, that's 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 fine. We're we're. You know, going along with it. Yeah. With it. And, but uh, she made it a point of speaking to my grandson uh, from very early on, as soon as she knew about it. He was only about two, maybe almost three. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, she brought him into it at the very beginning, you know, as soon as she felt he was able you know, to understand what was going on. And as a result of that, uh, it, it's made it very easy for us to deal with what we think are a lot of a lot of issues and everything. Uh, and uh, he has done very well. He goes through his normal big temper tantrums, right? Which, which we all did, I guess. But uh, 
we we found that we had originally eight children. We had four boys and four girls. Mm-hmm. And, wow, uh, big Jesse, family. <laughs> yeah, Jesse's uh, Jesse's mother was the youngest of all of them, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, but he uh, he has just done extremely well. We we make sure that he is doing like she wanted him to do. We followed through on a lot of the making sure he did what right at school, which has not been a problem because he loves school. He's been on a roll every year. He's been there. And he just, you know, uh, he does oftentimes want to see how far he can go. And that's when I kind of uh, I kind of let him go a little bit, and it's more so that uh, my wife, his grandmother, is kind of the heavier disciplinarian than I am. Interesting. I have a question, um, Rob. The way yeah. you, are you raising your grandson? Tell me how old he is. I'm sorry, I missed that. Uh, uh, no, I didn't tell you. He is. Uh, he is nine. He will uh-huh. be. In November. Uh-huh. So do you feel like you're raising your grandson and you and your wife's parenting style with him is similar to that um, that you used for your daughter and your other uh, seven children? Uh, yes, uh, we we haven't changed anything, really. And at least we don't think we have. If we haven't, <laughs> so, so small as it went along. Uh-huh. But uh uh, we we feel like we've treated all of them pretty much the same way. We've spoiled all of them the same way. Uh, we've we've gotten involved with their school works and after school activities uh, the same way. And uh, uh, I think with anything, we probably have done more in getting my grandson out and about than we did with the other. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably only because of the uh, of the time frame involved. You know, all of them are married, and of course they've got other, you know, their own children and grandchildren now and this kind of thing. Right, right. Well, absolutely, if you had eight, um, it'd be hard to to get get eight out and active doing a whole lot. I grew up in a family of with eight children, and, and I know um, we just didn't do a lot of, of activities other than um, what we did as a family until we got older and could drive ourselves there because the parents just didn't have the time. So, well, Rob, I know there are a lot of grandparents raising grandchildren out there for various reasons, and... Um, you you are doing a, a great thing for for your grandson, obviously. I have one more question. Your daughter apparently knew that she was dying and was not going to be there for her her son as he got older. Did she make any specific request about the way you would parent, or did she seem very satisfied and comfortable that and happy that you would be taking over? Well, before before she passed, uh, she made a lot of comments to us. One of the things was was that she was very happy, very appreciative of the private school that we sent her to. She felt like that was a big thing in her, you know, in, in her growing up. 
uh, I was, I'm a retired school teacher, and uh, she went into teaching school also. And she, I heard her speaking with Jesse one day, and she said, Jesse, Nana and Papa are going to raise you the same way that, ra- that you know, they raised me. So you just, you know, be good, grin, and bear it, because you're going to have good times and bad times. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I know that it was tough losing your daughter, but it sounds like your grandson is a, a spot of light for you. So, and it sounds like you've got other grandchildren out there too. So, yeah, he is. He's a, he's a very big part. We only have uh, we have thirty eight grandchildren and uh, nine great grandchildren. Goodness. So, so it's a relatively small family. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the closest one lives about 700 miles away. Wow. Um, so, but yeah. uh, we we do, you know, and Jesse comes with us a whole lot. Uh, during school, uh, a lot of the children will ask him about, well, where's your mommy? How come she's not coming here or doing this or doing that? And Jesse has no problems in explaining to them what it is. Yeah. And if they start asking too many questions, uh, in a child's way, he, he ends the conversation. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Sounds like a strong little guy. And so um, sounds like you're doing a great job, Rob. Um, okay. I, I know we're getting ready to go to our final break, um, yeah. but I have one more question for you. Sure. And, and that is, you said you were the softer one, your wife's more the heavy. Is that just the way your personalities are? I, I think so, yeah. uh, because, uh, uh, you know, all the kids loved it. They used to gripe and complain because I held summer school at home uh, with the kids. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and this guy, she was, uh, you know, she just kind of, yeah, she was just a, uh, she said that she's probably more like her parents raised her. And mm-hmm. I knew her father and mother extremely well. And, and uh, uh it's, it's just the way that it fell, actually, yeah. I think, more yeah. than anything. Yeah. Okay, Rob, thanks so much for your call, and good luck on your grandson's ev- evaluation, and uh, good luck on raising him. Uh, and I, I appreciate that very much, and I'm appreciating your show, too. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling. All right, guys, we are going to take uh, one more break. We still we have open lines. We've got time for you to give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. We are talking about co-parenting, parenting styles, um, the sameness and differences, and whether or not it's a good thing or not. Um, we want to hear from you. We'll be right back. This is Rel. Relatively speaking. Think Radio is your voice for Mississippi. If you or your community has an event coming up and you'd like help spreading the word, send us an email. You've got mail. To PSA at mpbonline.org. 
been a rough summer for Donald Trump supporters. Their candidate is behind in the polls. He picked a fight with the Gold Star family, and he has struggled to unify the party. In Pennsylvania, some Trump supporters are grappling with all of that, including the CEO of a small paper mill. That's not my style. That's not most people's style. That's why we turn our nose a little bit sometimes. Later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I am Jason Klein. This week on Fix It 101, David Ray Sales of D-Ray's Plumbing, Heating, and AC will be on to talk about your plumbing. He'll be here to answer all your questions about whether it leaks, is clogged up, won't drain, rusted out, or even trying to move some plumbing. Of course, Dell Moore of Affordable Solutions 601 will be here, and Jeff Simmons of Houseworks. Join us for Plumbing Day here on Fix It 101, tomorrow morning at 9 on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Relatively Speaking, part of the all-new Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to family at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. We're talking about co-parenting, conflicting parenting styles, um, and why they developed. What, how, how can you perhaps change things if um, you feel like the parenting style is not working for you, or perhaps that you have two different styles that are clashing? Or do you think maybe sometimes the conflicting parenting styles are good. Um, we have time. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. So I promise we talk a little bit about differing parenting styles and, and why they develop. We've already talked about the one, if it was good enough for me, it's good enough for my kid kind of style, so that it's sort of a subconscious, I'm just kind of doing what happened to me. The the more kind of semi-conscious style, we've talked to a couple of people about that uh, this morning, and that's when they come maybe from an extremely authoritarian parenting style or background, and they feel like that that's probably pretty good, but they feel like a little more leeway needs to happen, and so they, they do uh, a little tweaking of it. Uh, perhaps they decide corporal punishment is definitely not going to be used. It was used on me, I'll use something else. Or they feel, like one of our callers said, um, perhaps there was not enough praise imparted during their authoritarian parenting style. So um, perhaps um, that kind of semi-conscious parenting style is probably what a lot of people do. And then the conscious approach to parenting is a third kind of group where you feel like you were not raised as you should have been. You might have been in an abusive home. You might have been in a situation that you felt was not appropriate at all, and you are not going to do that. And so 
um, you decide you're going to change everything. Now, sometimes that's really great if you came from an abusive background and you decide you're going to change. But sometimes individuals who grow up in such a dysfunctional family, they may need some help on how to structure appropriate parenting so they don't go too too far off field, so to speak, to make sure that they their conscious effort is an effort um, made with great intentions sometimes, but not with a lot of knowledge. So this may be the individual who really needs to um, work very hard at gaining the knowledge, perhaps through a ta- therapist, maybe through parenting books, uh, maybe through modeling after other uh, parents that you see out there who you believe are doing a really good job. So that's something to think about as to what your style really, really is. It's important just to kind of sum things up as we come to the end of the show to to make sure that um, it's very important when there are two parents in a family that you respect each other and remember that there might be another point of view other than your own. So try to be open-minded about the possibility that the other person, some styles that the other person has may be right. And that, That's true with a lot of stuff. Yeah, it is. It is, <laughs> Sam, isn't it? To try to be open-minded. Isn't that the way we learn um, more about... I think, you know, we talk a lot about cultural and racial racial sensitivity and certainly we need to remember all that but i think even more deeply than that we need to think about individual differences and individual sensitivities um i think that can make such a big difference in the way way we do in life so so Review your parenting styles. Make sure you're doing the right thing. If you feel like perhaps there's some mistakes you're making, like being too strict, like being too lenient, like making the the one parent always the bad cop, the one who's always imparting the punishment, that's not a good parenting style. So regroup and think about what you're doing and make sure Um, Define what you think is the most valuable and what your parenting strategies are and talk about that with your partner. And if you have a a grandparent who is perhaps helping you, be sure and talk about that to the grandparent, too. And then if there are some conflicts that are going on, um, point them out. Say, okay, this is where we are really different, and this is what we need to change so that you can perhaps come up with a compromise. Uh, Compromise, again, like Sam just said, um, sort of uh, coming up with a plan in in life is going to work. So compromise works in parenting, in general relationships, in jobs, often um, that that ability to identify the conflicts and then then compromise. And then finally, uh, I just want to mention, if you feel like you're stepping through this and you are continually in conflict, you know this can be destructive to a relationship and terrible for your child. So seek help. And there are plenty of family therapists and par- uh, parenting therapists out there. We in our Child Development Case Center um, 
have help there, too. So thanks to all our listeners and thanks to our callers. Relatively Speaking is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by generous support from the members of the Foundation for Public Broadcasting in Mississippi. Today's show is engineered by Sam Wells, our call screener, Liz Gill. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking. We'll be talking about how to impart bad news, and we have an expert coming in. Stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now, coming up next on MPB Think Radio. This forecast is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Information on...